Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am the Paranormal Trucker, or PT for short. With me today is Snowman. Hello. And, of course, the beautiful Large Marge. Hey. <laughs> I want a smoker's voice so bad I can't stand it. <laughs> so what uh, What have uh, you paranormal <coughs> freaks been into this week? Just work. Just work? Just work. Uh, me too. I did a 1,800-mile uh, drive to Florida and back this week. Well, well I if I had to drive 1,800 miles, Florida would be the where I choose to go. Yeah, I, I didn't want to come back. That was the problem. And so I come and, back. Uh, but then my, the hurricanes get ready to hit there. I know. It was so cool. I did a video um, this week while I was down there, and you can see some storm, like big storm clouds off in the distance. It's pretty cool. Mm. But, you know. I always kind of wanted to be in a hurricane. I was kind of thought it'd be kind of neat to ride one out. The one they said, Fred's coming first, and they said it might be a hurricane. Yeah. But then behind that is Glenda or Glenna or something. And they said she's the one that they're watching that she could be a real problem. Oh, really? That's supposed to hit Florida? It's in about seven days. It's mm -hmm. way down in the Caribbean right now. Well, you heard it here first from Large Marge herself. If right. you are in the and they Florida said it's going to hit the East Coast, go up the East Coast. Oh, if you're on the East Coast, Florida, wherever, be careful, right. trucker friends. Uh, right. Today, we're going to be talking about some stuff. Uh, and I guess I will jump in and go first. I've got uh, some, uh, some haunted locations that some of our trucker friends have had, uh, which, you know, this being the paranormal trucker. Makes sense. We would talk about it, right? Right. So to hear some, so it's here to the trucker's tale at you at the U.S. is crisscrossed with haunted highways and byways and dotted with haunted truck stops and roadhouses, uh, even service stations, something the members of the driver council organized by the Road Pro family of brands knows all too well. For example, there is an abandoned Tri-County truck stop in Villa Ridge, Missouri, just west of St. Louis on old Route 66. It's been visited by several teams of paranormal investigators, including one from the Sci-Fi Channel, and their conclusion was it's haunted. Clinton Road in West Milford, New Jersey, is bumper to bumper with strange occurrences, including the ghost of a drowned boy who throws, who throws coins back at travelers tossed into the river. Phantom trucks that suddenly appear with blazing headlights and blaring horns, rumors of cannibal cults, and so on. According to the Road Pro, though, it's not surprising that truckers have an affinity for ghost stories. They see a lot more of the country uh, than most people, and they're often out uh, by themselves at strange hours and on unfamiliar roads. Uh, but in the thin-walled uh, sleepers, often park in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by strangers. Now that's true. So I have um, I have heard things while I've been in my sleeper, uh, things that would kind of curl the hairs on the back of your neck, scratchings or, or weird animal sounds, stuff like that. It's very strange, especially on a backcountry road where you just kind of stopped up on the side of the road. You're sleeping. We're trying to sleep. It's, it's a little unnerving. Do you try to debunk them when you hear them? Oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. If I hear strange animal noises scratching outside the door, I am not going out there. <laughs> I turn my radio on and turn my thunderstorms on on YouTube and go to bed. That's it. Lock the uh, doors. Are you sure it's not lot lizards? It could be. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be. You know, I've never met, but, you know, I've never met a lot lizard that can speak clearly. What a party. Yeah, they, they all have, they all missing their teeth or they're washing their hoo-ha out in the, the water holes next to the truck stops. Oh, Yeah. So that's the good world slick I always see. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. That's why it always smells like pee at a truck stop. Ooh. <laughs> the good folks at Road Pro say suspense <coughs> comes from not being quite sure uh, what you've seen or haven't seen. Uh, it's that rustle behind you, that flicker of movement at the edge of your vision, the high speed and the dark allow you to determine that the red eyes on the ditch by the side of the road belong to a possum uh, and not something else. Or the, the flickering light uh, behind the trees is a pole barn. 
So what ghostly tales do truck drivers uh, tell amongst themselves? Maggie Stone, a, lof- a livestock hauler from Iowa and a road pro tri- uh, driver council member shared this one. There is a county road out by Joppa, Missouri, and on this road, one can see a light. They call it the spook light. It's very eerie to see. They say it's the ghosts of soldiers who battled there, and I've heard tales that, it's, that it is where UFOs come uh, into our atmosphere. Uh, I drove down this road. The animals weren't in the woods uh, where they belonged. They were all out in the ditches. Strange. Uh, well, I'm sorry. They were all out in the ditches, and that is strange, of course. Uh, when I saw the lights in the distance, it was an, an odd glow that made your hair stand on end. Goosebumps. Radio static. Made me never want to go down there again. Tom Kirk, another road pro driver council member, added this. Near the Allentown, Pennsylvania truck stop is a 24-hour diner that caters to local uh, locals and truckers alike. It has this old vibe, or I'm sorry, an odd vibe um, that I could really never explain. Late one night, I was having dinner and got to talking about the history of the diner with the waitress and another customer. She said it was built on an Indian burial grave or Indian burial ground, and several pedestrians had been killed in front of their diner. Uh, we talked about some of the strange happenings, like lights turning off and uh, turning off and on for no reason, you know, things like that. All of a sudden, a customer who no one had seen before said, there was a young girl about 12 to 14 killed in front of here, wasn't there? Oh, an employee in their mid-30s who everyone thought was a, a bit weird or creepy, maybe named Lenny. Uh, the, waitress, the waitress got a weird look and said, yeah, about 10 years ago, a schoolgirl was walking home in front of here and was struck and killed. Also, our dishwasher was hit, um, was hit crossing the street late one night after work, and his name was Lenny. Needless to say, things got real quiet, and the subject was changed. So, th- the country is littered, absolutely littered, with uh, paranormal ghost tales, strange happenings, and things. Now, I've said this before, that... When something very horrible happens and, and a life is lost in a very bad way, that that energy is imprinted on the fabric of reality, uh, which would make sense if you got hit by a vehicle, the moments of terror, pain, anguish, suffering, whatever, that that's, that's a very bad thing that could put out a lot of bad energy. Um, in the early days of this country, there was never any easy deaths. So it makes sense that a lot of places out west, a lot of the, the farms, plantations, um, even the northeast, or the, or yeah, the northeast where the Salem witch trials took place. All of this bad juju, bad karma imprinted on the fabric of reality and will be forever. And I think um, being at the right place at the right time is a trucker 100%. Because, like, the point you made, you're the one out on the ground running at night, people are asleep, and things happen, they go bump in the night. Oh, definitely. And, well, yeah, and also think about this. A trucker is um, by themselves in their cab all the time, you know, for 24-7 for the entirety of their shift, whether it be one week, two weeks, three weeks. Some guys even go for three months at a time or longer. Uh, they're in the truck by themselves. There's an they're isolated. It's a very isolated life. If you if you know a trucker, guys, thank them. Be nice to them. They don't they don't live the exactly the best type of life. They're very isolated and on the road all the time, away from their loved ones, away from their families. Um, with that being said, I think a lot of that has to do with with that fact that they're that they're isolated. And a lot of people may think, well, these guys are just crazy, you know. Pulling too many hours, saw some weird stuff. I don't well, think you don't of, have anything to focus on except the road. Exactly, exactly. And when something catches, when you're hyper focused on the road and you're driving 40 tons at minimum around, some of these guys are hauling more than that if they're a wide load or heavy load, and you're focused on the road, you see every little thing um, that jumps out at you or kind of startles you a little bit. Every little thing catches your eye. Yeah, uh, that kind of falls back to the ghost story I told last week, uh, delivering paint where the I saw the child run out into the road. Oh yeah, and uh, you know, yeah, I, you know I'm not a trucker. I was just in a pickup truck, but 
you know, you know, I, that's what I was thinking. You know, maybe, maybe a child got killed there at some point. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's forever running out in front of that, out in the road. Doomed to repeat its, uh, doomed to repeat uh, that issue or that, that moment in time forever. Yeah. And, you know, it may not even be the spirit of the kid that's doing it. It may have just been such a terrible um, that, that incident. That is yeah, that recorded it yeah, exactly just over and over and over. Exactly. Well, maybe that child didn't cross over. Maybe, uh, yeah, maybe not. Kind of stuck there. And you know, maybe, maybe um, to, again, taking a movie, or taking a reference from a movie, is The Sixth Sense, uh, when you, uh, you know, you don't realize you're dead. You know, you can't really move on if you, um, if you don't know that you need to move on, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, so what's you know, yeah? I got to look at you know somebody dies and they might be afraid to go. Oh yeah, very true. You hear all. May the, I say, in that movie, am I the only one that did not know until the very last second that that kid, that Bruce Willis was dead the whole time? No, I had no clue. <laughs> I had I no, no clue. I had no I idea. I felt like the biggest <laughs> dummy. <laughs> <laughs> they did a very, very excellent job at that movie. <laughs> um, so what's the difference you might ask between a fairy tale and a trucker tale? Fairy tales begin with once upon a time and a trucker tale begins with, you ain't never going to believe this. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that is, uh, that's what I've got from the road this week. I'll have some more for next week. Um, I've got another story I'll talk about, but we'll do that later on in the, in the episode. If, uh, you know, snowman, if you want to talk about, uh, the, what are we talking about today? The CSX, um, versus train. Yes, well, it's probably one of the more, um, famous UFO sightings in Kentucky. Um, uh, but it being close to home, I figured let's do this one. Uh, well, yeah. and, and not only that, but there's not a lot about it that you can find. No, there's not a lot. The only thing that I have found, and, you know, I looked on a, quite a few websites. They all print the uh, MUFON report. Yeah. It, it, that's, that's what it is. So uh, what does that mean I, to you? What, what does it mean that that's the only place you can find it is the MUFON report? Well, that means that MUFON came out and investigated. So they must have thought there was something something to it. Now, when you talk about MUFON, you're, you're talking about the, the, the mutual, mutual UFO, UFO network. network. Okay. Yeah, that that goes out, which they're worldwide, um, but they go out and investigate, and they're not a government agency; they're they're privateers. Yeah. Yes. So they 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 investigate all this stuff, and you know they're uh, get on their website, and some of the reports they have are pretty interesting. Oh, for but sure. This one, but this one, like I said, this is close to home. You know, we're within an hour. Uh, of, of Paintsville, and it's a, uh, um, it's just a pretty neat story. But I actually got on here and went to NTSB website. There's no report of it. I went to the, uh, um, oh shoot, the federal government, the Railroad Association, uh, federal FRA, Railroad Association, yes, and they have nothing on. It. Uh, and I even went to um, a Wikipedia, which I'm not a big fan of because there's just too much bullshit in there um but looked up train wrecks in kentucky and it actually has a <coughs> list of all the wrecks that happened in kentucky and this is not listed <laughs> so um when yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna, i'm just gonna read this and you know we'll just we'll just kind of talk about it and see what uh what everybody thinks Okay. And hopefully, you know, we, we'll try to see if we can find some more information out about it. But I, I know there's been a lot of people trying to investigate it. And other than this, there's not a lot out there. Uh, evidently, somebody's going to keep something quiet if this, is, if this is true. Okay, it says, Paintsville, Kentucky, at exactly 2.47 a.m. on January 14, 2002, while working a coal train en route from Russell, Kentucky, the Shelby Anna Kentucky. Our uh, trailing unit, uh, see, our trailing unit and first two cars were severely damaged 
as we've struck a, an unknown floating or hovering object. I know it was 2.47 because my watch froze and to this day has still shows the same time. <clears throat> Along with my watch, the entire electrical system of both locomotives went haywire. Approaching the bend near where milepost 42 in, in the area referred to as the Wild Kingdom for the many different types of animals spotted there, my conductor and I saw lights coming from uh, around the way. This originally meant another train was coming and will pass on the other track. The, the outlay or outlay of the area is the river, track number one, track number two, and a straight up mountainside carved into lay the, uh, laying these tracks. I killed our lights as not to blind the oncoming crew. As we rounded the corner, um, our onboard computer began to flash or flash in and out. Um, speed recorder went nuts and both locomotives died. Alarm bells began ringing and that's when we saw the object, apparently scanning the river for something. At least three objects had uh, several searchlights trained there, the first object hovering about 10 to 12 feet above the track. It was metallic silver in color with multicolored lights near the bottom and in the middle. There were no windows or openings of any kind that we could see. It was about 18 to 20 foot in length and probably 10 foot high. With both engines dead, we rounded the corner, we made little noise, and the first object did not respond in time. I estimate that we hit the object at 30 miles an hour with 16,000 tons trailing behind us. It, um, it clipped the top of our lead unit and then skipped back, slicing uh, a chunk out of the, our trailing unit and the first two coal cars. The other objects vanished. Our emergency brakes had uh, initiated due to the loss of power and we and we stopped approximately a mile or a mile and a half um, after impact. Our power restored after we were stopped. We both, we both were, sorry, we notified our dispatcher located in Jacksonville, Florida of what had happened. We were told to inspect the cars and see if they would hold the rails and try to limp into uh, milepost uh, 60, which used to be the paintful yard which is no longer in full operation. We checked everything out and uh, the uh, cab of the uh, rear locomotive was demolished and smoking. The, the second two cars looked as if they would have been hit by a giant hammer, but looked like they had, would hold the rails. Lord of mercy, it's third grade reading here. Oh, uh, you're doing good. <laughs> We pulled into the Paintsville yard at approximately 5.15 a.m. The huge overhead lights lining the yard were noticeably dark, and the only lights uh, came from what we assumed were railroad officials' uh, vehicles parked near the end of the track. We pulled to a stop and began unloading our grips uh, from the wounded train. We could hear what sounded like uh, an army of workers immediately tending to our train. Uh, vehicle door slamming, guys running by in weird outfits, lights uh, glaring from all directions. The one thing missing was railroad officials. A guy named Ferguson shook my hand and asked me to follow him into the old yard office. We did once inside. Um, they, and by they, I mean I have no idea who these people were, began asking hundreds of questions. They then, then told us for our own protection, we'd be immediately tested before we could leave. I asked repeatedly to talk to the railroad foreman or a train master, and, and not only were these requests denied, but they uh, um, confiscated my conductor's cell phone. Hours later, we were let out of the yard, uh, let out of the yard office, and uh, the strange thing continued to happen 
the two locomotives and the two cars were removed from the rest of the train and we had brought or that we had brought in and my only guess was they were parked four tracks over under a huge tent like structure buzzing with activity we were led to the um, we were let off the property and told due to national security our silence was a, a would be appreciated we were then put in in a railroad vehicle and taken to martin kentucky where we went through questioning again with railroad officials and then drug testing. After all this, we were sent to Shelbyana where we took a rest for eight hours and worked another train back to Russell. Working back, we passed Painesville, no sign of the engines, cars, tents, people, or nothing. And that was the end of the article. Uh, so no, that's, a, that's an eight hour window that, yes. that these two massively damaged uh, trains. Sorry, I've, I've got a dog here that's apparently burped into the microphone. Uh, he, he he's a great day, and if nobody, uh, I'll show you. All right, buddy, look in there. Look, look at the camera. Look, okay, look at the camera. <laughs> hey, buddy. But he likes to be. Uh, he likes to be a part of the the show. Um, but no, that's that is a lot of material. That's a lot of equipment to move in a short period of time. Yeah. Um, and where now, would you move it to that nobody would know? Exactly, exactly. And how would you how would you get it out of there? Because there's Not only that fast. one well, or two main lines there. If you've, ever, if you've ever been to Paintsville and past the yard, there's a lot of houses and businesses in that area. You know, somebody would have seen something. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, at five o'clock in the morning, okay, in January it's gonna get it's gonna get daylight about seven o'clock. Yeah, was that stuff still there at seven o'clock when all the people were coming up the road? Um, you know, there again they had it in a tent, but these people would have probably seen the tent, say, "Hmm, that's strange," you know. Um, but I would be curious. I would love to see if we could find out who the conductor and the engineer was. And actually speak to them. Yeah, definitely. And you know, the closest, everybody in that town they had to have heard that. And the the closest um, um, repair facility, I, if I'm not mistaken, for the engines and possibly the cars would be Huntington, West Virginia. And I would be, I would love to talk to somebody that worked on us because you know that that story went through the railroad gossip line wildfire well definitely and you know what's strange is we haven't heard any this this little article here i've read that article that you're talking about that's the only thing that we can really find on this and right. you know as well as i do people talk and i would love to meet a csx employee that was around right. during that time either at yeah. martin or paintsville uh, or a resident or I yes mean, or, or a resident um that had to went all over the town when that happened Oh, definitely. So were you able to find a mile marker, what was it, 42 or 46? Uh, it's 42. Um, I got on the Google Earth and uh, kind of know the area a little bit. So I kind of followed the tracks from Paintsville. And um, so, you know, and it's probably about 18 miles is what they're saying, roughly. And I found a spot that actually fits the description that the engineer was talking about. It's a double track, real sharp bend, and the river is right off off the tracks. So as far as the environment, that checks out. Yes, and uh, um, but I did notice something that was interesting. Right across the river from where all this would have supposedly taken place, there's a house. Oh, really? I would be interested in you know, finding out was the house there in 2002? Did the people who live there hear anything? Because you know, if something hits a coal car, that, that makes a noise. Like, it's going to be loud. That's a very loud noise. And, uh, I, I would be interested in seeing if they knew, you know, if anybody heard it. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, but from Google Earth, where I pull this up, there are no roads to this place. Oh. On, on, on the side of the river where the tracks are, there are no roads. I mean, if you get out, if you want to go visit this place, you're going to get out and you're going to walk a couple of miles to get right. back to where it's at. 
in now, either direction. Now it makes you wonder what they were looking for in the oh, you yeah. know, on the riverbank. Uh, but uh, also, want some catfish. It <laughs> could have been. I wouldn't eat anything out of that river. Uh, <laughs> but the, um, you know, that's interesting. Maybe, maybe uh, that sounds like a road trip for us. It could be. Yeah, we, that, we could be fun. head down there and good. see if we could find that house and maybe speak to the owners that's if they don't good. shoot us first. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, but if we could find out an address or who lived there, we might possibly be able to be able to contact them before and make sure it's okay if we come talk to them yeah that would be uh that would be the idea thing to do uh yeah maybe that's uh maybe that's what snowman's homework will be this week trying to figure out what that address is well i'll see what i can come up with uh, but that, i mean that to me this is one of the more famous stories and it's close to home and i said well that would be a good one to do and, and i'm sure that it's been done on podcast i know they did a show on it um a segment on ancient aliens couple years ago on it and yeah. um it, it was uh, you know which you know naturally they had video uh sure you know, stuff they made so they made it a lot more interesting what i was reading so <laughs> well i mean and eventually we're all new to technology you three uh, us three uh oh. eventually we're going to get there <laughs> but right yeah. now we're just uh we're just zooming it um but so all right that's that that's that's a that's pretty cool. I, I really think we should make a road trip down there and, and kind of uh, at least do some video down in the area uh, to see what we can what we can come up with. And you know what, being from Northern Kentucky, I never heard it. Really? Yeah. There's you know there's a lot of people um, that had never heard it. It just kind of got hushed up, I guess. Yeah, very quickly. And even that, uh, even in the report that you were talking about there. The guy named Ferguson. I mean, that's got CIA written all over it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And it said what the 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 uh, the objects disappeared after the impact, right? Yes. What what kind of object? What is it? What is it? Something like that made of that can simply disappear and go away after doing that kind of damage to to trains. There, yeah. you take a train and you smash it into a semi truck or a, or whatever sit on the tracks. It doesn't really do that much damage. To the train, anyway. Right, and, and well, I mean, those things you got to look to something like that sitting on the tracks. The frame is down there; it's going to take the brunt of the impact. Basically, you know, you got um, a big diesel motor that turns a bunch of generators, and that big long hood on the tail end of that engine is just—that's all it is—is is basically just for aerodynamics. Yeah, you know, keep, keep the keep the weather off the off the motor and whatever. So it's it's hot, but you get in a, a coal car that they're dumping, you know, rocks in to, uh, tons uh, of them at a time, you know, and it, it's you know they're built a little bit sturdier to hold the coal inside the car. So you know, hitting that hitting those cars had to be they. I mean, it had to be have some mass to it. And, you know, plus the speed, I'm sure, had a lot to do with it. But um, you, you would think that something that took a hit like that would have probably wound up in the weeds or up on the side of a hill after it got hit, you know? Yeah, yeah that's that's my point is what, what, what would be able to survive an impact like that um, and simply fly away or – transport or teleport or whatever it does however it travels uh, it's pretty wild huh yeah i know that i know that we don't have anything that's that sturdy um or at least i've not heard of anything that we have that that's, that's that sturdy yeah i wonder what the the occupants on this <laughs> I bet they were... oh i'm sure i'm sure they weren't happy <laughs> guarantee you, i bet they got bruised up you have got to come sit down <laughs> I'm doing important things over here. I'm doing probably important stuff. Leroy drive no more. <laughs> uh, probably not. <laughs> uh, damn it, Leroy. Uh, okay. Shit no better than that. <laughs> well, that's a pretty cool article that you dug up there, Snowman. Uh, Miss uh, Miss Marge, would you like me to call you Large Marge? I am so totally unprepared today. Oh, really? I'm kind of off my game. So, 
I've got a bunch of ideas and things I want to talk about, but I haven't really focused on one yet. Well, no worries. No worries. Uh, we're, we're still getting in target. Uh, listen, you have got to go away. Oh, Diesel. <laughs> Diesel. Got to go over there, buddy. I'm doing stuff. Um, Snowman's got an emergency. He'll be back. Uh, I told you to use the bathroom before we pulled out. I can't help it. <laughs> the uh, well, I mean, maybe. Uh, so, what are some of your ideas that that you have for maybe for some upcoming stuff? Well, one thing I want to talk about is I got the unique opportunity to go to um, a little town outside New Orleans that has. It's known as the most haunted house in the United States. Oh, wow. It's Bertles Plantation. And I got to stay there for the weekend. And some crazy stuff happened. And I'm going <coughs> to get some more information on when it was built, stuff like that. I know that it was um, taken over during the Civil War and became a Civil War hospital. And... Oh, wow. um, yeah, it was a large plantation and there was a lot of activity on it. So that's one thing I'm going to do. And I actually got to stay there. So, well, that'll be cool. Hey, so that'll be coming up. And then I want to get some more um, dates and stuff on the town that I grew up in. And okay. So I've got a lot of things on the table. I just haven't focused on one particular one yet. Definitely and I looking forward to it. No, no, you're fine. We're definitely looking forward to that. Um, well, I guess I'll I'll move on to my next story. We we, we talked about uh, we talked about we were going to talk about um, new new technologies, <clears throat> and I have come across something super cool. Uh, so scientists have created a Star Trek like plane that flies using ion thrusters, and it doesn't use fuel. So scientists scientists have taken a major step towards creating an aircraft of the future. One powered by an ion drive rather than using moving parts and a fuel like er, and fuel like in a conventional aircraft. Uh, in a paper published uh, today, or excuse me, in a paper a paper published in Nature, uh, that's the name of the the magazine, I guess. Nature, a team led by Stephen Barrett from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, described how they created a so-called electroaerodynamic powered plane, one that uses solar uh, solid state propulsion meaning that no propellers or jet engines with expendable fuel are used. The future of flight shouldn't be things with propellers and turbines. Um, it should come, it should be more like what you see in Star Trek with the kind of blue glow and something that silently glides through the air, Barrett says. This breakthrough has not been possible before because our technology simply wasn't advanced enough. As far back as 1921, scientists have been unsuccessful in trying to develop something similar once mistaken for anti-gravity technology. But now the teams say the key technology advances have enabled this to happen. Now that's interesting. We go back to 1921, they're talking about. So what happened around, around that time was the rise of the Nazis, right? And yeah. we're not fans of Nazis, not in any shape or form, but nope. if you are going to talk about UFOs or, um, crazy weird technology you have to bring you have to go back to the beginnings which is in our recorded history where the nazis um had started messing around with stuff and it's yeah. not just not just anything i mean they they were into the occult they were into spiritual beliefs they were into uh, there, there's a good there's a good documentary kind of movie on prime called the aldebaran mysteries which, if you haven't seen it, you need to check it out. That kind of explains where a lot of the stuff, or I'm sorry, a lot of the UFO stuff from for the Nazis came from. So I'm a big fan of this ion drive, though, because I've always said that we should be more like Star Trek as we go along. Well, now, our, uh, a lot of the satellites that are in space are have an ion drive. Oh, really? But, oh, yeah. But it doesn't put out the thrust they would need to like fly an airplane. Okay. The, these right. things, they got blast off on rock. They're already going 
23,000 miles an hour or whatever. What's the but power source of that? It's just electricity. They uh, um, usually what they have is like a uh, uh, some kind of nuclear uh, substance, you know, uranium or whatever it is they're using. And as it decays, it gives off electricity, and it runs those. It runs the the uh, satellites. And oh, uh, that's what, interesting. And what they what that ion drive? You see this guy in the back? What are you, it, it, what are you doing? <laughs> Um, they he's use... mooning you all oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> he is that turd get down why do you put some glasses on him <laughs> get down you so anyway it, uh, uh, whatever fuel they use it, usually they use some kind of gas or something like that and as that stuff gets electrified it shoots out ions out the back well they're low charge but in space over time they can build up some pretty significant speed because as, right, so, as, as long as it's pushing ions out, they're going to keep going faster, faster. And right. He's <laughs> mounting us again. Hey, dude, get down. <laughs> what are you doing? Nobody wants to see that. Hey, get out. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Nobody wants to see that. Um, uh -oh. Guess who I got? Who, uh, who you got? Batman's here. Uh oh. Let's see him. <laughs> oh, it's a pussy cat. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The yeah. animals the animals are starved for attention tonight. Yes, they are. Um, but no, going back, I mean, it makes sense that an ion drive would work in space where there's not a whole lot of friction to slow everything down. But uh, this is claiming that they've made an aircraft. They can fly in the atmosphere. Jesus, dude. Hey, hop down. You got yourself stuck, didn't you? Go on. Well, they, uh, yeah, that, well, see, that's what's, what kind of amazes me, you know, is if if it's ion powered, what are they doing to actually get those ions to shoot out of there with enough force to make a plane fly? Right, exactly. And it, it's interesting, and, I, and I'm... Uh, I can't wait to see an actual manned flight with this with this thing because it would be pretty cool. Um, but you know, is, is this just on paper or have they actually built this? This says that they have built something because they're talking about uh, they're in their tests from 2016 to 2018. They created an aircraft with a wingspan of five meters uh, that weighed weighed five and a half pounds. And it had a oh. number of thin electrons running across its wings. And at the front of these are thin wires, uh, while at the back is an aerofoil, uh, a curved surface to produce the lift, like on a regular wing. Uh, the thin wires at the front are charged to a positive 20,000 volts, while the aerofoil on the back is charged to a negative 20,000 volts, creating a strong electromagnetic field. Uh, at the front, the electrons are moved from nitrogen molecules into the air to produce ions. Uh, and as these accelerate to the back, they produce an ionic wind, which gives the plane thrust. Hmm. So, so it's an actual craft that they've built. Yeah, but it, it, it weighs five pounds. So it weighs five pounds. They they've got a ways to go, but it's it's there. You know, it's they're working on it. Sounds like it. What's, uh... what's your problem? There's a thunderstorm <laughs> coming through here, and he hears the thunder outside. That's the problem, I think. But um, well, it's okay. He's not really being a jackass yet. Um, but, you know, I, again, that I, I, the, the idea is, is to eventually be able to <laughs> eventually use it for space travel. And I understand that. But you have yeah. to look at small things like, uh, or you have to, not small things necessarily, but if you were going to use it for human space travel, you would have to have something else in front of the ship, kind of like a deflector shield, like we see on Star Trek, because exactly. to move the, the the micro asteroids and the space debris and the small rocks. If not, I mean, the second you get up to any any kind of significant speed, yeah. you're going to get a your your, your craft is going to look like Swiss cheese. Yes. Um. So I don't know. So let's move on a little bit there. The basic idea is that if you ionize the air which means removing an electron from it, you can accelerate the air with an electric field, Barrett, Barrett told. Um, uh, the, the name of this website that I see is 
I effing love science. So yeah. we're we're not going to say that. But uh, basically, it says that uh, Barrett Toad IFLS uh, science uh, like the force you get if you rub a balloon on your head. So I mean, that's pretty cool. In a world where we are trying to find alternative fuels for our where we don't we, we can't give up the way that we live again i'm a trucker my livelihood and everyone else's livelihoods depends on trucks moving yeah. uh you have people who are traveling and you know even in the cargo industry aircraft are necessary so it is it is kind of neat and i really am looking forward to where this goes to because if 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 and when we get to the point where we, we are out of natural resources we can pull out of the ground to to run our vehicles this is going to be the next this is going to be the this is going to be there and ready to go instead of you know previously where not to try to get political or anything but previously where we kind of just shut all of our coal mines down and expected something else to pop up in its place yeah. and it bankrupted us killed yeah. the country yeah. now yeah. We're, we're trying to work we're trying to work a little smarter where we're having things in place decades, at least working on decades before we will need them. And that's, that's the way it should be. You know, that, 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 the, the coal industry, when they shut, when that got shut down, like I said, they had nothing to replace it with. They got the basic technology, but it is not there. It's not where it needs to be to take care of our needs. Oh, definitely not. and, And, you know, solar and wind, is probably not going to be the answer. It's going to have to be some got Batman's back. Uh, it's going to have to be some other kind of uh, power source, you know. Right. Uh, and, you know, and I actually read an article. Gosh, my this has been maybe seven or eight years ago. Um, that uh, they could do an electric car, mm-hmm. but they have a uh, uh, and. Uh, when they first started coming out with nuclear reactors, you had these fission <laughs> reactors that we use now, correct? Yeah. And they also had one that was a sodium that was made out of some kind of salt that, um, you know, it was radioactive as well, but it was a little more efficient. But for some reason, they went with the fission reactor. I read the article, though, eight grams of this, if you put it in a car, would run that car for 100 years. Oh, wow. And... You know, I've seen the, uh, you know, and the people say, oh, God, you can't put that in a car. They wreck all the time. Well, that's true. But, you know, they can make a container that contains that. Uh, I mean, when they haul the nuclear waste, um, I've actually seen videos where they test these containers that they put the waste in, you know, that, and it gets hauled across the country on trains. And sure. They'll, they wreck these things. They actually hit one with a locomotive. It did not rupture or anything like that so if they can make something to hold something as dangerous as the nuclear waste they can make a container where you could actually probably put it in the car well you you can but then you have to look at the um the cost of what your car is going to go up to too you know i well, mean if you you have that kind of material in there it's not going to be cheap no well, no but no look at you know look what's coming here in the near future all these electric cars coming out these well, batteries, yeah, Every time one of them crashes, it bursts into flames. They're either going to run out of the materials they need to make the batteries, you know, and they're going to be so expensive, you're not going to be able to buy the car. Well, they're rushing them through. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're pushing them It's not them a slow progression. It's like, and, boom. No. But here, here's, here's, the, here's the kicker for me. You know, yeah, you can get these cars out here, and how many people can be able to afford them? Yeah, very true. But, you know, the thing is, like, and every time one of these electric cars crash, they burst into flames. Uh, well, and and they, they burn for days and days and days. Well, and you got to look, too, at, uh, like, they, you know, they're going to get all these cars rushed out. And what's the first thing that's going to go away? You're going to see gas stations all of a sudden start disappearing and getting replaced with charging stations. Right. And what about the... I'm going to say, let's say 50% of the American people that can't afford to go and buy one of these. All of a sudden, their gas is going to be out the roof, and they're going to have an old car that they're probably going to get, you know. 
Well, they can't afford to drive it. Well, they can't afford to drive it. They're going to be able to drive Well, I mean, the area we live in, that you know, if you, uh, if you have a job, you're driving <laughs> 30 or 40 miles to get to work. I see that you're dealing with animal problems, too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and when <laughs> I, I mean, I just look at that, you know, they don't have, you know, they they don't look at the big, you can produce these cars. And, they, you know, I mean, some of them are pretty nice. Know. I would love to have them. Yeah. But, well, you know, all right. But, so, but you got to look at it. You're going to have to charge it. So you got to pay for the electricity. And then you're going to have to worry about in five years, is this battery going to go out like your battery goes out in your car right now only this thing instead of a hundred dollars is probably going to cost you seven or eight thousand dollars well and that's here's the thing though electric cars have been mainstream now for what 15 years uh, 10 years at least 10, 10 years but they're not really mainstream you only you had a couple of places tesla is probably the biggest one that's actually got i, I don't know I, I would say they're mainstream you got to look you know, once now that the GM and Ford and I guess Dodge as well are producing these electric vehicles, you know, Tesla's going to have to compete. Well, no, and I would say they're mainstream because you, you have manufacturing lines dedicated to cranking these things out. You have dealerships solely specific for, for electric vehicles, but you also have the other manufacturers. Chevrolet had the Chevrolet vault before Tesla was really a thing or not, not really a thing, but before they but, had dealerships popping up everywhere. And it, and it really didn't take off. Either. No, it didn't. But, but here's my, my point is they've been around for what? 10, 15 years, right? For, yeah. But I wouldn't call, I don't, I wouldn't have called it mainstream up until eh, maybe 10 years ago. Like I said, Tesla was probably the first big company that actually started producing, but they, they can't produce. Them. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is they're mainstream now is what I'm saying. Uh, And they've been around for 10, 15 years, right? How many charging stations in our area have you seen? Uh, None. Exactly. That's my point. None. But, you know, I I heard with their infrastructure bill that just got passed. um, Oh, did it get passed? Yeah, the Senate passed. Okay. They chiseled it down. As long as there's not a lot of useless crap in there that we don't need, like Uh, gender studies in Pakistan, I'm, I'm, you know, gender studies in Pakistan, we don't need. However, yes, our infrastructure is bullshit. They had a a a a bridge that has a giant crack on it, and is one of the main lines coast to coast I forty. A gigantic crack in it uh, at Memphis, and they had to shut the whole the whole bridge down. So yeah. You know, yes, our infrastructure is in dire need of repair. I agree with that. But if the whoever these these dirty, dirty politicians are trying to weasel in bullshit like gender studies in Pakistan, for instance, no, no, and and or or oh gosh, what was it? They had a cow over uh, that. Uh, oh shoot, it's a like a big theater or something you know, oh no it's the uh it's the the, the yeah it's the big theater in in um washington, uh, washington dc yeah. yeah one of the two but you know i'm never gonna get to go there why right. do you know what i'm gonna put my tax dollars for that you know yeah. i would rather have them come out here pave the roads paint the roads fix the bridges yeah, there's no reason as much as we are charged in taxes. We're probably one of the highest country, highest charged countries yeah. tax-wise in the world. There's no reason we pay probably, I, I would venture to say 70% in taxes once you account for uh, oh, yeah. income taxes, uh, yeah. your property taxes, your fuel taxes, your grocery taxes, uh, just basically taxes. So every time you go to a restaurant, you're paying taxes. Every time you go to a sporting event, you're paying taxes. Every time you go to uh any anything you are paying tax you go to a skating rink you're paying taxes we, we are probably one of the highest tax countries in the world and i can drive 15 miles down the road and have to go get an alignment on my vehicle there's no sense in that no and, and you know the 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 biggest thing with 
with all that is they need you know we're get we give money to these foreign countries like oh, okay we're not going to get political <laughs> well we, we've already been there no let's we've not get political there. but what i'm saying is we need to take care of this country first i agree but well this has been the paranormal trucker it's been a great show i guess uh, we're done this will be our last episode no, no. <laughs> <laughs> have to sing you down over there <laughs> well i'm just saying you know like i say just you know we need to take care of our stuff we've got homeless people we have sure. people going hungry mm-hmm. you know and you know they're out here paying you know which some, i can understand some of it they're actually paying our farmers not to grow crops so some of these other countries can sell their crops, you know, and, and have some which kind is, of income. Which is I actually, but which is absolutely ridiculous. But you've got so many people that are hungry, so many people that are homeless. Our infrastructure is crap bad. You know, we build it and we let it go. Well, and not to mention, we have problems in our own backyard too with the border crisis down south. Instead well, of instead of bickering amongst each other of how we how we keep keep these aliens out, why don't we figure out what's actually going on down south and let's 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 help fix that yeah yeah that's that uh, you know there's that's no the million dollar question. question yeah exactly that that's what we need to be really focusing on you know first off they need to stop the flow coming in but then you know to be fair a path to citizenship in the united states is pretty damn tough that needs to be looked at yeah but you know, if these people want to come here and be a United States citizen, pay their taxes like the rest of us, and, you know, contribute to society, I'm all for that. That's what this country was made for. That's what it was made from, was uh, immigrants, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, if it weren't for immigrants, you and I wouldn't be here. Well, exactly. Uh, Marge wouldn't be That would here. be legal immigrants. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and that's what I'm saying. Instead of just letting them in, and you don't keep track of them, and they're not paying tax, but they're they're getting all this free stuff, you know, because they're going to get they'll be able to get food stamps, they'll be able to get this, they'll be able to get that. They're not they're not a citizen, so they're not paying tax. And to me, that is wrong. That is, you know, I don't know. Uh, we could sit here and go on about this all day. I just need yeah, to but we we really we really don't need to tackle the world's problems in one episode. But uh, the issue well, is, I'm, I'm the, ready. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> well, we, we tackle something. The problem is, you know, guys, we, we we are. This is just our opinions. It's not a um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We're 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 not we're not trying to lead a movement or of any kind. You know, no. this is just stuff that, as no, everyday working working citizens, we see that we would like maybe our government to take a look at instead of saying, "Oh no, this is how it's going to be. Just deal with it." No, yeah. I mean, th- there there's some reason that uh, Central America and South America citizens are flocking here in the, by the thousands we need instead of sending money to countries that don't need it who who hate us absolutely hate us could not yeah. stay would, would 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 behead us and show our beheaded heads on al jazeera we need to be figuring out what's going on down south and see if we can help there yeah well you know there again they need to take care of their own country they need to yeah but it, and here's the thing though here, here here's here's what we have to look at though. we're already sending money to those countries we're no, sending we, them money every year but you, where do you think that money's going it's going in somebody's pocket i i understand that and i know that but what i'm what i'm saying is we are while we are one of the most taxed countries in the world we are probably one of the wealthiest not the wealthiest obviously but we're one of we can help out. We can help out where where we're needed. We're not. I'm not saying we need to be handing out money trillion by the trillion dollar truckload, but yeah. I'm saying we need to be fixing our own fences and painting our own our own siding here in our own country first. And and, and we need to be, and we have the resources. We could be energy independent. Absolutely, we could. One hundred percent, we could. And no and that that right there is the biggest tragedy in this whole situation, this whole debacle of the last ten years. We could be energy independent. This is probably the, this this is probably the last 
um, truck paranormal trucker show. We're never going to get any listeners or followers again, but oh, it's the truth. Off the wheels here a little bit, but no, we're going to get back on track. How, all right, let's talk about some new technology. How about have, have you been keeping up with SpaceX? Uh, I'm not, not lately, no. Okay, well, they stacked that big ass rocket, um, their uh, booster and their uh, starship, and it's supposed oh. to do an orbital flight here shortly. Oh, really? And th- this thing is taller than the Saturn V that went to the moon. Wow. Yeah, it's huge. It, it, they, 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 there's some good uh, YouTube channels that that follow this stuff, uh, the, all the space-related stuff. But what's, what's cool is, you know, used to when I was growing up, it was the United States government and the Russian government. And that's who went space. Yeah. Now it's you've got uh, you've got two billionaires that actually took their own stuff, rode into space. Yep. You know, and, and you've got um, Elon Musk, SpaceX that are reusing. You know, just about everything that they that they send up is coming back, and they're reusing. Which now, if I if I remember right, is one of the biggest reasons why the shuttle program kind of failed because everything costs so much. Well, and, and the fact that the, the shuttles were 40 years old and starting to fall apart. And, but you also got to look at NASA spent, they were so, had so much redundancy in those machines. Those space shuttles had five computers. One went down, they had four more to go. Yeah. And, and so they, you know, all this stuff that they put in there, um, you know, there was safety so much safety mechanisms and all this stuff, and they had systems on systems to back each one of them up in case something failed. Which, you know, don't get me wrong, that's probably a good thing in space because there's not a whole lot of air. You can't just get out. No, yeah. You know, but, you know, it costs so much for that stuff to do that stuff. Mm -hmm. And you got to look, too, um, when we went to the moon, um, the computers that... uh, powered or ran the mission or the ships or whatever it was about you got you probably got a pocket watch or a wristwatch that has more computing power than those right well you have to look at you know the, the technology then was simply just it was it was to the point by the book that's what you needed to do what you needed to do everything we have now has multi-functions it has multi-function i, I mean did you look in the well, and here, and this is this is something that kind of got me when uh, SpaceX and uh, oh gosh, who was it? Boeing, I think, was making that Starliner space capsule. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, you know, they were trying to see who's going to get there first. You know, and SpaceX inside of that thing looked like a cruise ship with a a big video game that you fly it with. You know. Yeah. And then they showed. Uh, then they showed the inside of the Starliner, and it was based on 70s technology. There's buttons and switches everywhere, and I'm sitting there thinking, you know, why? Yeah. You know, you've got all this technology that you can clean this thing up, and probably way less than all this stuff you got in there. You could do more with it. Well, yeah, and and one of the biggest issues uh, when you run a lot of electronics is heat. Where are you going? Okay. Where? How is the heat going to be dissipated off of 70s technology? You know. Exactly. Yeah, I've seen the SpaceX capsule where they had like three computers in there. And yeah, it's, it's just like, yeah, they probably watch movies on their way up. You know? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I'd be, I mean, I'd be jamming out. <laughs> but but uh, uh, they, uh, you know, like I said, and then you've got, you know, you've got these other companies. That, you know, Blue Origin, they're, I don't know, they're, they, they talk a big game. They're a little slow out of the gate. But now Richard Branson, he went, he said, we're going to do space tourism. And they worked on this thing for eight or nine years. And they actually got it where it works now. Mm-hmm. Not everybody can afford it. you got to be pretty rich to get a seat on this thing. But still. Well, yeah. And the Branson idea is a little different than what some of these other guys are. He takes a glider or a plane up to a certain altitude and then drops his starship off. And it rockets on up instead of having to break the break the bonds of gravity immediately right out of the gate i mean that that 
I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a rocket surgeon or anything. But I mean, it would make sense that um, that it, it would maybe be a little easier for that craft to yeah to, well, to, to go to space. You know, and um, you know he he had he actually launched a satellite the other day. But oh, I mean, did yeah. yeah, yeah, well, they had a. 747 with a rocket on the bottom of it that did the exact same thing. It gets up there and drops the rocket, the rocket takes off. Hmm. You know, so that's pretty neat. To put a satellite in the in place. Have um, have either of you been keeping track of our time? Because I'm not sure. I believe we've, we're coming up on an hour. I believe this is going to be a long episode. That's a pretty good episode. Yeah, so far we, I've we liked got it. in a lot of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we really have. It may be our we last one. Real about halfway through. <laughs> that's so okay. It may be our last one, but we have, uh, I've got some announcements here. Um, Next week on the show, we're going to have Seth of Seth's Daily Podcast. Uh, He's going to be joining us so that we can, um, you know, pick his brain a little bit and see what's uh, what's going on with him. And then we have uh, also on his show this week, he has got... um, Shoot, I just had it. He's got the former former WWE Cruiserweight Champion, Kid Cash on Tuesday, uh, and then he has the Spooky Family on Thursday. Uh, if you guys know, we are big fans of the Spooky Family. We love them to death, and of course, Seth's Daily Podcast. Uh, give give Seth a listen. Give uh, give the Spooky Family a listen. They drop episodes every um, Monday, I want to say. But this week on their episode, they have got uh, an interview with. Um, I'm going to butcher this name, Tanya um, Derenberger, Woody Derenberger's daughter, and he was the first person to meet in uh, Indrid Cold, uh, which was right at the beginning of the Mothman stuff. So that's promising to be a good interview. Um, so let's see, Seth's Daily Podcast, The Spooky Family, and uh, Justin from Top Junkie. You guys go give them a look, listen and uh, join us next Sunday. And look for our um, little short videos that we've done through the week. Uh, we're going to do this week. And, uh, you know, like, comment, subscribe. Uh, hit the notification bell so you'll know when we post something else. Also, we have a Facebook page. You can go on there. You can message us on Facebook. You can leave comments on any of the videos we have on there. Uh, we also have the, the email at paranormaltrucker at yahoo.com. Please leave us a uh, leave us a message. We love hearing from you guys. Uh, and also, we had we had one listener uh, actually give us a suggestion this week. Um, we'll call him we'll call him L. L sent us a book, uh, "The Great American Conspiracies." It says you can um, it says you can download this book. I guess it's an audible book. So the Great American uh, the Great American Conspiracies. I will definitely be checking that out. I think you guys should too. Yes. So, final thoughts for the episode, Snowman? Well, I think uh, we had a I'm, great episode. <laughs> I think I'm, so, too. Now, I don't know. Is this a secret or not about what's going to happen next month? I don't think so. Um, okay. we, we just have well, to make sure that let's we're... Put, let's put it this way. I've got the PKE meter on charge. Uh, ready you're... to go. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure, we, <laughs> you know, we've, we've ironed out a date yet or not, but we are... Uh, going to be jo- uh, joining a uh, another local podcast we're going to be doing a ghost hunt so that's yeah. going to be a good time and hope that uh, everyone can join us and and check us out because it'll be a lot of fun large marge your final thoughts i'm gonna have some good stories next time next podcast um i lost my train of thought i've just took I'm not on my game today. There's no, something wrong upstairs. No. And I'm not on my game large, today. Large, large Marge has not been feeling real well this week. Oh, no. No, I haven't been feeling real well. I understand so, completely. All I got to say is tell them Large Marge sent you. <laughs> That's going to do it for us, guys. Again, paranormal trucker at yahoo.com. We drop episodes every Sunday. Check us out on Facebook, uh, The Paranormal Trucker. Our YouTube page, the Paranormal Trucker. Great way. <laughs> Just uh, the Paranormal Trucker at um, uh, on YouTube. You can comment, like, subscribe to any of our videos. Uh, you can follow me on TikTok. Uh, it's my personal page. 
just go to our Facebook page. I've got a link on there. I don't. I don't really want to give my name out on here. Uh, oh, you did last week. I did by <laughs> by accident. Uh, but that's going to do it for this week, guys. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Again, we are um, the Paranormal Trucker. We're trying to uh, trying to get the bugs lined out here. We're we're off to a bit of a slow start, but we are we're gaining momentum. I feel like that's right. Yeah. Well, maybe we need probably need to change the name to Paranormal Trucker and some slot uh, political shit. Oh. <laughs> no, I don't like politics. No, I don't like politics. Let's not do that. Me either. Uh, Again, no, uh, we we went off the rails. That was bad. Disclaimer: we, These are these are not. Um, these it are won't just be brought our, up again. Yeah, these are just our opinions. We're we're not trying to oh, lead yeah. a movement or yeah. anything. No, I you know, if if I wanted to. Shove something down somebody's throat, I'd run for president. Yeah. That's what the rest of them are doing. <laughs> All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week. Have a great week. Uh, we will see you on Sunday. See you. Bye.